hello, hello. Welcome back to the show. Today, I do have a warning. The show might be spicy and it might get a little heated because we are talking about DIYing your gut health. I'm your host, Jada Barbu. I'm a gut health practitioner and certified nutritionist. And with 15 years being on my own gut health journey, this is actually the second recording. The first recording, I was talking a lot about the marketing aspect and why, you know, the last 15 years of my life, why and how I've stuck to my gut health journey and how it actually took me seven years to be consistent in my gut health journey. And I recorded that last night and per usual, anything I do at night, uh, I then really ruminate it. It's almost like as if I dream about it and then I wake up and I'm like, oh my God, I actually have a way better idea that I actually feel that aligns with my values and my morals a little bit more. And on top of that, I think that there's other episodes that I can do just specifically on marketing, right? There was another episode when I first released this podcast about social media icks, right? So I said, I have a better idea. So let's talk about DIYing gut health and how many chronic illnesses I was diagnosed with. And in fact, why do I specifically talk about my 50% liver dysfunction and why I don't talk about the other seven chronic illnesses I was diagnosed with? And I also will highlight why there is a very broad umbrella, if you will, on why I cover broad, you know, chronic illnesses, why I don't stick to gut health for PCOS, gut health for liver health, uh, gut health for type 2 diabetes, right? Let's get into it. Let's do this thing. So 15 years, you know, that's, so I'm 31 currently, right? So 15 years ago would have been when I was 16 years old. So I started my gut health journey at 16, but my entire life I had chronic illness symptoms and we always knew that there was something wrong. And by we, I mean like me, my parents, a few of my family members, a very few, my coach and a few of my close gymnastic sisters. So, and yes, by the way, we call each other gymnastic sisters because when you're in the gym for so long, for years on end, we're talking five hours a day, Monday through Friday, and then competitions on the weekends, right? You're literally seeing them more than you see your parents, right? So yes, I started when I was 16 and I I was ready to quit gymnastics. And I will tell you why I quit gymnastics. So uh, number one, I quit gymnastics because I actually had water in my knee and I had a half a scholarship to go to Michigan State and be on their gymnastics team. I actually trained with one of their trainers, uh, Jamie, for a whole summer before I was supposed to start training at Michigan State. And uh, what really did it was that Michigan State gave me half of the scholarship because they wanted me to have knee surgery. And I just didn't want to. Point blank period, I just didn't want to. Call it stubbornness, call it, you know, that I don't want to have surgery at 16 years old, whatever the, whatever we want to call that. Uh, but I just was not having it. So uh, yes, I quote unquote threw away my entire gymnastics career and possibly could have been at, you know, world championships and I could have done an NCAA gymnastics and could have been great at that for sure because of one surgery. Now, 
This had a lot to do with knowing that I already had so many other chronic illness problems. And it was a lot of scarcity mindset that if I had this surgery, then I would never be okay again. And it was more of the worry that I would spend my gymnastics career at college only doing one event. And I am that gymnast and I'm that person that I want to do all the events because to me, that really means that you have the diversity and you have that that higher capability of really helping uh, your team on all events, right? And so that was that. And I started at 16 when, you know, my gymnastics career was ending and I chose that on, on my own. And that's when we started doing sleep tests. That's when we started doing all the testing and all the labs. It was almost as if I had taken the emptiness of my gymnastics career and really just, hey, you know what? I think with all this time, I'm just going to substitute it with going to the doctor's office and labs and figuring myself out. And at the time, it seemed like a trauma response at the time. It seemed that it was like, I'm just kind of doing this because I really don't have anything with my time. That's what it seemed like. But I think subconsciously, we always make the choices that we've always wanted to do. We just didn't have the time, the money, the mental bandwidth, right? And so we started doing that. At 17 to 18, I bled for an entire month from my men- or entire year, sorry, from my menstrual cycle, and I actually became anemic that year. And then from 18 to 19, I took birth control pills. And then at 20, I had stopped. And at 21, I was diagnosed with PCOS. At 22, uh, I was diagnosed with uh, hyperthyroidism uh, and insomnia and a bunch of other chronic illnesses that have to do with neurological disorders, um, including CPTSD. Now, in the same year that uh, I was bleeding for an entire year, that was also when we decided to do a CCK test slash HIDA test, H-I-D-A. Now, that test is what ultimately got quote-unquote the diagnosis of 50% liver function. And that's measured through a CCK, which is uh, given through IV. If I could explain in the most layman terms what CCK is, um, so it's a chemical and it equals out to like the calories and the nutrition capacity, if you will. So the compact of calories plus Because I don't want to say nutrition because it's not like the nutritional value, but it's like how much you're having in a burger. Okay. And so I did that plus a HEDA scan, which is uh, you're ingesting barium and you are they and and a camera and they are measuring everything from the time that you swallow to the time that it exits your body. Right. And so I did that scan after having so many specialists. And typically, it does depend what country you're living in, what state you're in. But typically, what happens is you have to have a few specialists and you have to have um, uh, a few other diagnoses and a few other like ultrasounds and x rays and things like that for a specialist or a PCP to actually recommend you this test. So, like I said, but it does depend. So, if you have a PCP and they know that you have some some you know issues this is a scan that I highly recommend now mind you during this entire time from 16 17 18 19 20 21 I was DIYing my own gut health at the same time I was also at Wayne State University and I was learning about the gut gut brain connection neurological development 
for biomedical science for occupational therapy. So I was really niched down in my studies. And in being so and going through my own health journey, there was a lot of Hmm. You know, a lot of when you're when you're taking an exam or when you're studying for an exam, right, you have to, especially at at that high of a level, there's a lot of research that you have to do. And there is a lot of papers that you have to write. And that really is more of the exam. Um, Yes, there are multiple choice exams, but there are right. It's more it's more of a what is your research and and how can you help? They give you scenarios, they give you scenarios and they give you, you know, the um, the, th- the theoretical versions of what can happen, right? And then when you get into the OT school, they then have you do like the volunteer hours and pretty much residency because they don't want to call it re- residency, but they're calling it volunteer hours in all different types of environments, right? So at clinic and hospital and uh, specialist and, you know, all that stuff, right? So this was all going on in within the same years. And I was doing elimination diets. I was doing supplements. I was doing all these other things. And this is also the seven years that it took for me to be consistent in my gut health journey and really trust the process and really trust my body. Now, with all that being said, it was really that, that <laughs> the again, the trusting my body and knowing that my body knows exactly what to do. I think if I were to consistently be in that environment that prescription pills are the only thing that's going to help you, then maybe, maybe things would have been different for me. Maybe I would... I would have gone through occupational therapy school. I would have helped special needs children. I would have helped really children in general because that was my my ultimate goal and help them with therapy and, you know, give them their their life back, right? And maybe things would have been different, you know? But I grew up in a household where we believed that medicine and supplements was the last thing to do. And as a teenager and going through my own experiences, it almost felt like that was BS and that it was like like woo-woo stuff, you know, because it was so instant that the prescription pills and the supplements were helping. It was so instant that I was like, this is silly, this is so silly. If you're in that situation in that situation right now where you're like, yeah, like I always get so so, you know, fast results doing supplement regimens and like I'm fine with that. Then like, okay, well, that's fine for you. But eventually it's not going to be, especially if you have a chronic illness. Keep in mind this is specifically for chronic illness. And so I was doing that and then I would go back into having these insane symptoms, you know, not just bloating, but we're talking like bloating, insomnia, missed periods, heavy bleeding periods, cramps. I would wake up I used to wake up. I didn't even do anything. I would just open my eyes and I would have cramps to where I would have to like stretch or move or lay on my stomach or sit in the tub and put like warm water on me for the cramps to go away. And it wasn't just from periods like this was time. And it was doing that year after year after year after year. It was being in toxic relationship after one toxic relationship, uh, being in an abusive relationship uh, in all forms. Uh, it took being in debt, you know, 23000 which at 
right now that would be around 50k with the money that I didn't have because I definitely was not even making that in a year. Um, I was going to school and I was a gymnastics coach at the time. And then like every other Friday, I would uh, waitress at a local bar slash restaurant. And that was my life. So, you know, I, I would the, the wee little hours that I had in between classes and work, I would spend them at the doctor's office getting labs and tests done. And in between all that and literally having, I, I was losing friendships because I couldn't go out and I was losing family time because I couldn't be there. I was losing a lot of life, you know, and I'm that person that I enjoy going out. I enjoy partying. I enjoy dancing. You know, I'm not really like, I never really was that big of a drinker in the first place. Um, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm foreign. Okay. <laughs> I'm foreign. <laughs> you know, um, I really wasn't, but it was more of just, of just that, like, you know what, like, I just want to go out and dance and go home and take my makeup off and go to sleep and wake up and do it all over again. You know, like that was that was me. That was me. And it came to a point at a very young age. Like by the time I was 21, I'll tell you guys the story real quick. By the time I turned 21 in Miami, Florida, we went with about 20 people and we were on the beach and I was laying down. So I wasn't doing anything. I was laying down and I just blacked out. I passed out. And the ambulance came. Uh, the friends that we were there with, they tried to put like ice on me and I wasn't waking up. And like they put ice on like my head, like my extremities, everything. And I just wasn't waking up. And, you know, took a quick fun ride through the ambulance and they gave me IV and electrolytes and a bunch of other stuff. And they were like, yeah, you were dehydrated. And I'm like, how was I dehydrated? Like I drink so much water that day, like just like every other day, you know. And this comes back to like, stop drinking the gallon of water. You're literally mimicking dehydration because you're letting so much of the nutrients dilute and you're you're letting that out versus having your body have the nutrients and doing what it needs to do with those nutrients. That happened and that was at 21. So, you know, again, I, I, I knew about my liver. I knew the education, but I was still not convinced. And the only thing that got me convinced was that I finally realized that if I take the small steps, then it's much more approachable. It's much more doable. And so when I moved out by myself, because I had lived with my parents and then I moved in with my abusive boyfriend at the time and then I moved out and then I moved out by myself after that, right? And at the time, I was working at a granite shop and absolutely loved this granite shop. Seriously, I used to manage a granite shop, which kind of comes full circle because that's uh, something my husband now does. So my husband does remodeling plus granite shop. It's funny how life works that way, right? And this granite shop had no heat. It was not in the best condition, but I had a lot of time to myself. I had a lot of time to myself. I had a lot of time to kind of figure things out and kind of just hit the pause button. You know, after going through so much traumatic experiences with friends, with relationships, uh, with moving so many times, right? You kind of have to hit that pause button and you, and you, I do believe that shit really needs to hit the fan, you know, excuse the French. Uh, but I think sometimes, sometimes, you know, we, we got to do that. We got to we got to let life kind of hit us. You know, as we say in Romanian, sometimes we got to hit our heads against the wall to see the ceiling, you know. And so 
I hit pause and I said, you know what? I know broth is going to help. And I chose that. Now, I chose broth at the time because that was something that I knew how to make. So if this is something that like you're having a hard time and you're done doing elimination diets and you're done doing supplements, this is why I have the free training library. So if something feels difficult for you and a gut health journey or it feels unapproachable to you because you're like, man, like I want an insane result. I want my A1C to drop. I want to eliminate all my prescription pills. If it seems insane, well, congratulations, uh, because I also was the same. I was dreaming that I'm going to marry the love of my life and it's going to be a healthy relationship and we're going to have at least two kids, if not three. And um, I'm going to be really good with my liver and I'm not going to have any more liver attacks and I'm going to get rid of my PCOS and my thyroid is going to be okay and I'm going to sleep all night and I'm not going to take any supplements. Though That was literally my dream, literally my dream. So many people ask like, you know, when you grow up, what do you want to be? And I think that's why I didn't have any attachment into not being an OT because that wasn't my dream. It was just more of like, well, I'm going to go to school and figure this out. And if OT is going to get me there, then I'm going to use the schooling that OT provides and I'm going to use that to figure myself out. Right. And so I did that and I just I wasn't attached anymore to becoming an occupational therapist. Right. And so with that being said, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to start with broth. I know how to do this. I know how to do this one thing. If I stick to this one habit and, and I stuck to it three times a week and I made myself a SMART goal, S-M-A-R-T, SMART goal, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic, and timeline. And with that being said, you guys can look this up um, literally I don't, I don't tell you to look up many things on Google, okay? Dr. Google is terrible, <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. But uh, SMART goal is something that you can look up on Google, and it gives you a, f a few examples on what a SMART goal is. But really, it's, a, uh, it's the way that the mind works to get you to understand why this goal is so important to you. And we set a very specific, measurable, attainable, realistic timeline for you creating this goal. And so for me, it was broth. And so for me, it looked like this. So it was very specific in the recipe. So I was going to make the same recipe. I wasn't going to switch it up. So that's going to help with my decision fatigue. So I was going to make this one exact recipe, right? And it was the same one of the recipes that I do till this day, which is a whole chicken, carrot, onion, and celery. And that's it. So that that was it. That was the one that was the one that I knew and that was the one that, you know, I've known for years, right? And so yeah, okay. So that was specific. And then we had measurable. So how many times am I going to do this? And so it really set back to, okay, I'm going to make this Friday night. And the reason I chose Friday night at the time was because Friday night, I typically got off work a little bit earlier. I could make it. I would get ready for the weekend. And many times I would go travel. So a lot of times I wouldn't even stay in Metro Detroit. Sometimes I would just travel to Chicago. I would travel upstate. I would travel, uh, sometimes take like a random uh, hike, you know, out west, right? What, like west of Michigan, you know, maybe go over someone's house or whatever, right? And so those are the things that I did. And on Friday night, 
night, it would be done. And then I would leave Friday night and then I would come back Sunday and then I would have broth for the week because when I came back Sunday, I didn't want to make broth. I just wanted to like sit and watch movies all day and take a really long bath and not care about anything. Right. And so that's what I did. And so I said, okay, that was the measurable. So I'm going to do it on Friday and I'm going to intake it three times a week. And it was Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. And I would br- uh, I would buy the uh, reusable coffee cups. That's what I would put my broth in. And uh, I'll never forget it. My boss, um, he used to think that I was drinking chai latte in that because he's like, wow, it smells so good, but like it doesn't look like coffee. And I was like, yeah, it's broth, right? And so... Um, and so he would always like tease me. Oh, like I'd bring I'd bring like a big water bottle. <laughs> I'd bring my one coffee cup or my tea cup and then I'd bring another cup. <laughs> and he was always like, oh, my God, here comes Jada. You know, you need more cups. You know what I mean? And so that's what I did. So every Monday, Wednesday and Friday, I would walk into this granite shop that I used to manage. And that's what I did. And it became a habit. And at that time as well, so we're going to go through the whole thing. So SMA, right? And A is attainable. So why am I able to to obtain this result? And one of the reasons of why I was able to obtain this result was because I have done hours and hours of gymnastics. I have gone to school and I have done gymnastics and I put in my whole heart and soul. And I know the basics and I know how to work my goals and my hopes and my dreams into my everyday life. I was taught this for so long. I can freaking intake broth three times a week, right? And then uh, relatable is how or like how how important is this to you? Right. And the reason I put that why why it was so important to me is because I knew that this was going to help me and at least it would help me in my nutritional intake. Not that my nutritional intake was terrible because I ate healthy for as long as I can remember. But it was more of like, maybe there's something going on in my absorption rate, because if my liver doesn't function right, then maybe that's why, you know, there was thyroid problems and uh, menstrual cycle problems and sleep problems and all these other problems that I was having. I said, maybe there is a nutritional absorption uh, rate issue that I'm having. So I'm going to start here with broth. Again, it's because I knew how to do it already and I'm going to work it in my life. It's I'm not going to I'm not going to completely change my life because now I decided to intake broth three times a day. No, it needs to be approachable to you. It needs to work for you. Okay. And then uh, timeline. So I gave myself four weeks to get into this habit and it was three times a week. Once I did that, I'd revisit and then it was every single day. Now, and this happened when I was working at the um, granite shop, which was literally 10 years ago. Um, so now I just have broth and I do it on Sunday. I do it on Friday. It's so much. It's it now it became who I am now. Now it became part of my, if we want to say personality, but it became part of my home life, right? My kids know, okay, when mom buys a whole chicken, okay, you know, it's about to go down. They're about to have broth too, you know, whether it's infused, whether it's in a, whether it's in a mug, right? Wh- whatever it may be. And so it started off with that. It started off with broth and I kept building slowly but surely on top of that. There's so much value in that. And understanding that this does take consistency and it does take time. 
but I haven't had a liver attack and that I didn't have the the PCOS anymore. I wasn't having uh, hyperthyroidism anymore, right? And I wasn't having any liver attacks. And I haven't had any of that in eight years. In eight years, I haven't had that. And so when I think about you know, and many times we say this when we're healing, you know, you need to, you need to, you know, cut off, you know, that, that person who you were, you need to let that person die in order for you to become someone new. Well, I don't think that's true. I think that actually hurts the mindset about healing. Because when, when I think about healing, I think about as well as healing your past, present and future. I think we need to grieve. I really do. I really do think it's it is a form of grieving. Yes, but not because you lost or not because you have to lose that person, but because you have to really become okay with the the decisions that you made before. And the reason I believe that is because if it wasn't for all these decisions and all these, you know, the elimination diets that I tried and all the supplements that I've ever tried and all the tea detoxes that I've tried and, you know, DIYing my own gut health, if I hadn't tried that, then I wouldn't be where I am today and I couldn't be standing here. I really couldn't. I could not be standing here at 31 years of age with two kids not on dialysis. And hand to God, that really was what was said to me when I first got the diagnosis that my liver is not functioning, you know, well at all. It's at 50%. I want to make make a side note, anything under 63% of a liver or a gallbladder ejection fraction percent is considered chronic and it's severe. Anything under 25% is like, whoa, how are you still alive? Okay. And so at that point, that doctor told me I'm not going to make it by 30. And if I do, it's because I'm on dialysis. And here I am at 31. I'm not even close to that. And so Again, we're coming back to to that thing of like, if you think that your goal is unreachable, you haven't met the right people in your life. You need to be around people and you, you do need to have a mentor or someone that also has the same crazy dreams as you and make them very, very approachable. Any dream, any wish that you have, have it and then reverse engineer it. Okay, what does it take to get there? And that's where you start. And that's what I do with all my clients is that, what is your goal? What is your vision? Where do you want to be six months or one year from now? My one-on-one program is six or 12 months, right? And so that's why I ask them that. And they always say, I want to reduce my prescription pills. I want to be able to run with my grandchildren. I want to be able to be a mama because infertility is a big problem with chronic illness. I want to be able to lose some weight because of my thyroid. I want to gain some weight because of my thyroid. I want to feel better. I want to sleep all night. I want to be able to travel on the weekend four hours because there's a concert and I'm taking both my kids with me and then we're coming back the day after and we're just going to enjoy ourselves a nice weekend. And yes, this is a true story. I went last February. I went with both of our kids, um, our favorite Spanish singer, Melendi. He was doing a concert in um, Chicago and we packed 
we packed. <laughs> we got the tickets like uh, in January and the end of February was the concert. And we, you know, packed just backpacks and uh, we stayed with one of our longtime, longtime uh, friends, lifelong friends of mine um, outside, outside, right outside of Chicago. We went to the concert and it was really kind of like a full circle moment because that wasn't something that I ever thought that I could do, that I could go four hours and enjoy and time outside of my home without worrying about what supplements to take of all the things and feeling like rejuvenated. Because like I said earlier, I used to do this. I used to go, you know, and make my broth Friday night and then leave to Chicago, but I'd come back and it was just like, damn, man, I have to start all over again. And it felt like every single week I had to start all over. I had to be like, oh, okay, I got to do this and then I got to do that. And then, right. And it's, it's like so exhausting and draining. Uh, so draining when you feel that. It's like a weight loss program where it's like you want to do fun stuff in the weekend, but you feel like you can't because the whole rest of the week you're so restricted, you know? And then you're like, oh, I got to start all over again. It's not a good feeling. It's not a good feeling. I actually believe that if we do this enough times, I think we actually put our body so much in fight and flight that our body gets stuck there until we actually give that body a feeling that it is safe. And so it felt really nice to do that that weekend and then come back and just like no liver attack. And we slept all night and I woke up that Monday morning and I was feeling refreshed. I was feeling okay. I wasn't bloated, you know, and I ate like whatever I wanted to, you know, during like when when we were at uh, my friend's house, right? Because she makes, oh my God, she made these pancakes. Oh my God. Oh my God. And then she made this like avocado like dip. It wasn't really guacamole, but Anyways, anyways, that's me going on a tangent. Uh, it was a really good weekend. Regardless, it was a really good weekend. And coming back, it felt really nice. I didn't feel like I had to start over because it wasn't starting over. And there is no track to stay on or to get off. The question that I get asked probably the most uh, is, how do you know that you're failing a gut health journey? How do you know if you're healing? And I always respond with, it's if you don't quit. And that's why... One of my main mantras, and I'm sure you've heard me say it already before, but it's rest but don't quit because of that. Rest is just as progressive as, you know, doing all the things is, you know, intaking broth every single day. Just resting my body and learning to listen to my body is just as if not, if not even more progressive than actually intaking broth every single day. But again, it took a lot of inner work, yes, and it did take a lot of habit building to get to that point to say, oh my God, yes, I do actually see how this resting is actually really ideal. And so again, we're talking about getting and going through the motions, right? It's like getting the motions through and having them work with your lifestyle. No habit, no successful person. Okay, let's take Serena Williams, okay? Famous tennis star player, okay? fabulous she is also like a gajillionaire right like now she has so many deals with companies and all this stuff because she is just so freaking good at tennis okay but she didn't wake up and say okay you know what i'm going to take this really fast route and that's what's gonna get me to win world championships for like 180th time in a row no no because that's not how it happens 
It's years and years and years of practice and failures and learning how to lose, learning how to win, uh, celebrating the wins, celebrating the losses, celebrating all the things that come with it. It's the process that comes with it to become that consistent and winning that consistently. Gymnastics, same way. A balance beam routine is one minute. You work a whole year for one minute of a balance beam routine. But when you do, there's much more satisfaction, much more. And I'm 31 and I can still do back handsprings and all this stuff. Maybe not on a beam. <laughs> Maybe not on a beam because I haven't trained. <laughs> I haven't trained in a gym, but I can still do them on a floor, on the grass, on the trampoline. I can still do them with my eyes closed. I can still do, you know, fulls. I can still do full and a halves. So, you know, I can still do those things because it's much more sustainable. I got there in a much more sustainable way versus, you know, taking easy routes and saying, you know what, but this is going to get me there faster. That's what I'm after. That's what I'm after is the sustainability and the longevity of how well you can obtain your health. If you can't, if you are sitting here and you're like, you know, five years ago, I didn't have these problems. And now I do. No, wrong, false. The body takes just as long or or sometimes even longer to tell you that things are wrong, but we're not listening. We're not listening because we're saying, ah, it's just a headache every day. Ah, it's just a knee pain every day. Ah, it's just a little bit of bloating and it's only on my period, right? But that's like if you're bloating and you're bloating just on your period and you have a normal period, we're talking at least five days out of the month, every single month. Wow, that's a lot of days. Five days out of the 12 months. I don't know how many days that is, but it has to be a lot. And before that, before you had the headache, before you had the bloating, maybe you had insomnia, maybe you had sleep issues, maybe you had brain focusing issues, maybe you had vision issues, maybe you had weight gain or weight loss issues, maybe you had skin irritations, maybe you had food sensitivities, maybe you were not having a ball movement every single day. But we're like, bah, it's just that. And we were raised in that, in that, in that environment, every one of us. We were raised in that environment like, don't be overdramatic because we were taught, oh, you're just too much. Well, you're not too much. You're not. Because ignoring all the factors is what got us here in the first place. I've had chronic illness sometimes my entire life. And it took stopping my gymnastics career on purpose to actually want to start figuring out the root cause because everything else is so much important. And I look back on that and, and that mentality, right, is had I not had that happen and I still would have been with liver attacks, I still would have been bleeding <laughs> every single day. I would have been anemic. I would have had liver attacks. I would have had insomnia. I would have I wouldn't have gotten much farther from there. I don't even know if I my body was capable of doing the full trainings at MSU because of that. And then I would have lost my, my, my scholarship because of that. And then I wouldn't have had gymnastics anyways. And then, man, that would have been a really a much more difficult route than just, hey, I need to find root cause and life is what it is. I think the whole healing, I think it's a whole act of balance. I think every, and, and I think that's my real 
big problem with these extreme diets and these extreme supplement regimens is that there is no diet because, or sorry, not diet, balance. There is no balance in that, right? When you have an elimination diet, it's always how long is that sustainable for mentally, physically, financially? Because let's face it, like if there's no medical reason why you are taking out gluten and even that, um, we'll talk about that on another episode because gluten is not always the enemy. But if that is the case and there's no actual reason, but you're doing gluten because you've heard that it's inflammatory or you heard that sugar is inflammatory, which will be another episode, of course, because you heard dairy was inflammatory and you're taking these out with no medical like reason. Like you are just like, I'm DIYing my gut health and I'm going to eliminate this food because this seems like the right reason. And this seems like it aligns with me. Right. And we do that. Well, like gluten bread is really freaking expensive, especially now, especially right now. We're in 2023. We're in fall time, autumn time of 2023. Okay. We ain't looking too hot. Okay. Financially in the grocery store, things ain't looking too hot. Okay. So there's that barrier. Right. And then like mentally and physically you go in you know, like I said, holidays are around the corner, right? Like the the social stuff is around the corner, right? And you're like, well, I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. I can't have this. Okay. And then like, what a, what do you end up eating? A piece of lettuce with, I don't know, <laughs> maybe a fruit or a veggie, right? Because you can't have anything. And that's, that's that fight and flight. Again, it's literally having your, you're teaching your body how not to feel safe when really you need to teach your body how to feel safe. And that's why those elimination diets don't work. It's not sustainable. Supplement regimen, same thing. It's not sustainable. Yeah, it's a quick fix. But just like me, it was a quick fix. And then it was tenfold in how much worse I felt after, which is why I kept going back to the supplements. But we got to hit, we got to hit that pause button. Okay, we got to hit that pause button. You got to come back to being you. It's not about letting that person die. It's about coming back to you and creating those smart goals and doing just one, just one percent better than yesterday. And better comes in all forms. It doesn't mean that, oh, yesterday I didn't have broth and oh my God, I did terrible. No, yesterday instead of broth, I had rhodiola tea, you know, as, as an example, right? But again, it's, ha- it's being able to be flexible with the process while still maintaining your vision or your goal. That's what's much more approachable, not the extreme, right? Not saying, oh my God, all week, I'm only going to have you know, a, a chicken breast with broccoli and rice all, all, all week long because that's like low sugar, high protein, low fat, right? No, we want full fat. We want good protein. We want diverse protein. We want diverse veggies. We want, you know, nutrient dense, right? So we want those things. And if, and if you, again, if you do want these trainings and you do want to know a little bit more of what I'm saying and all these words that I've been saying in this episode, please check out the link to the free training. If you already have done the free training or you're like, man, like I am ready to hit that pause button and just get to this wild, insane goal that I have. And Jetta, you are the person that you are for me. Then let's schedule a connection call. The link is going to be in the show notes. You can schedule a connection call and see if 101 program is for you and see what we can do. Because that's the thing too. I treat the connection call as that. It's a free 30-minute call and it's literally to connect. I'm not going to sell you on this 101 program because I'm not like that. 
I do believe that everybody at their own time is going to say, yes, I'm ready. Some people do need a little nudge. Yeah. But it's not like, oh my God, and this is this and this is that. Like, no, it really is. I'm going to tell you about the one-on-one program, tell you what, what, what the app looks like because we do communicate through an app. I'm going to show you an example of a food guide. I'm going to show you this stuff. And then you make that decision. You make that decision on behalf of, you know, the, the, does it fit your life right now? You know, all that stuff, right? To really make sure it fits with your values and your morals. The last thing that I ever want to do is to give you that strain and to make you feel like you are not making your body feel safe. This begins from this moment, from the moment that you and I connect It's all about making your nervous system feel safe to regulate that nervous system to help that gut microbe do what it needs to do. The highlight that I want to touch on here, um, I know this is a little bit of a longer episode, but stay with me because we need to hear this as well. The reason why, even if I had so many other chronic illnesses and I'm not niched down into just PCOS or thyroid or diabetes or whatever, and I talk a lot about my liver, but it's not even that that I'm niched down in, I'm niched in gut health for chronic illness, is because of this one simple fact. When I found out about my PCOS, that wasn't root cause. When I found out about my hyperthyroidism, that wasn't root cause. When I found out about my liver, that seemed to be the root cause. And here's why. Through all the things that I learned through my education, when I learned about my liver, it made sense on why all these other things are happening with my body. So let me give you a very real cycle that happens within our body just from the fact about knowing your liver health with your small intestine and your gut microbe, right? So when we intake, when we intake anything, food, movies, music, a conversation, difference in temperature, difference in pressure, difference in environment, like dry versus humid or uh, high elevation or low elevation or, you know, right? So everything, every single thing that we are doing, it actually sends a response to the liver, okay? And this is why if you have liver or even gallbladder, we're, it, it, you can almost feel like you're sensitive to everything that happens around you. You're sensitive with your emotions. You're sensitive with, with your uh, skin. You're sensitive with your food. You're sensitive with your resting. You're, you're just a little bit more sensitive, right? This is why. And so what happens is I'm going to give the example for food, okay? I think this is the most tangible example. So when we intake food... Obviously, our brain doesn't know what food it is. It just knows that it's food, right? And what happens is our food, our food, oh my God, our brain (laughs) sends a signal to our liver saying, hey, you're getting food. And the liver sends a message to your small intestine. The small intestine sends it to your gut and saying, hey, please start having and developing and processing enzymes, digestive enzymes. And so based on how we chew, based on how we're eating, based on food combination, based on all these things that I consistently talk about, then the gut sends back a signal to the brain um, and that says, okay, liver, this is what we're having. Please produce XYZ proteins, enzymes, etc. And the liver then talks back to the small intestine and says, okay, you need to talk to the brain and say, These, this is what we're ingesting. Please let the brain know. The brain talks back to the liver and says, this is what you're having. And now that's how the liver knows what to intake or what to excrete. 
So if my liver was working at 50%, and that's just one real cycle that happens between the liver, the small intestine, the gut, and the brain. That's just one small factor because there's there's much more. There's much more. But if the liver is not doing its job and it's only doing it at 50% rate, well, maybe that explains why the hyperthyroidism because it's only doing like 50% of its job. So that's why the thyroid can be like, well, okay, well, then we need to act really, really fast. So we need to speed up everything. And then that also makes sense why the PCOS and the sleeping and the cramps and the bloating, okay, that all makes sense. Like logically speaking, (laughs) it makes sense. This is, again, why it's so important to get your labs checked and to do all the necessary things to get to root cause. Not because it wasn't like... I, like, I wasn't thinking about, oh my God, like I need to treat my PCOS. It wasn't that I wasn't thinking that. It was like, this could be the reason. This could be the entire reason because my body is not absorbing and it doesn't even have the proper nutrients to create the energy, to create the currency, to create the the cell reproduction, to create the iron, to create the, the micronutrients, to create all the things that I need to survive. So actually, my body is staying in homeostasis by doing all these things, by giving me PCOS, by giving me the hyperthyroidism, by giving me insomnia, by giving me all these things. And so that's where we change and we pivot that mindset about the root cause versus the fast track to nowhere. Hopefully this this podcast really helped you out on figuring out what it is that that you do need to do uh, for your overall chronic illness and for your overall wellness um, and why for the past 15 years when I started with this, I didn't think that it was ever going to end up like this, but here we are 15 years later, and I'm so glad that out of all the things that I ever did, out of all the diets that I've tried, out of all the things, I'm so happy that I that I am helping my gut because I'm helping my mental health. I'm helping heal generational traumas. I'm heal I'm healing the even even the generational illnesses because my biological family has similar issues. So I'm really happy that I did. Plus, it feels so good to be happy in my own skin and healing that food relationship that then is also going to help me with further helping out my children and my children not seeing mom do another diet or mom be in pain and, you know, really, really focusing my entire life around my chronic illness, right? Because that's that's that, is that, yeah, I do have a chronic illness, but it's not my identity. It's... It's a part of me, and that's okay. We all have good and bad parts to ourselves, right? But I wasn't going to let, I I wasn't going to have that control me. I wasn't going to have who I am, you know, going out, dancing, and having a good time, and being out in nature, and wanting, wanting to find true love, and wanting to have kids, and, you know, really living the life I'm living now. It just, it, sometimes it feels so far-fetched, I know. I, I totally 1,000% agree. But dream. Dream and be around the high dreamers because those people are not going to make your make you feel like your dream is just so psychotic it's very very real you have and you've been given the dream and the desire to do this for a reason follow it thank you guys for tuning in um check out the show notes and uh i hope to chat with you soon all right guys i'll see you on the next episode bye